So we are at our home, Woodbury House. We long last got the, uh, the, the gentleman next to me, Nima Labrizio, over from, from New York. It's been a bit of a challenging time over the last 12, 18 months because of Corona. And we wasn't too sure whether we could either us go over to you or you come over here. But you're finally here. So yeah. welcome to our second home, Woodbury House. Thanks for having me. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, I got introduced to you via Andy Valmorvida, who owns the Richard Hamilton Foundation. And when you came down here and we had some lunch and when you left, I thought to myself, one day I'm probably going to do business with this man. Um, you know, for the obvious reasons, because you're in the Shadow Man documentary, you obviously know your stuff. Your dad was a great Rick Labrizzi. Um And I think you're, you're, you're a good man and you've got, um, you know, a lot of knowledge about the street art sector, specifically about Hamilton. So looking at, remembering when you first came here to now, how has this space changed? Well, it was like uh, the mustard seed. At first there was just a few things and now it's really blossomed into a full-blown cathedral for the man's work. And when you put this much love and care into something, clearly it's not just a business i mean hopefully you're also functioning as a business and it's not a, a charity after all but that it really it gives the right type of feeling to his work to see it all collected like this and so lovingly put together that i think it's it's a great foundation for not only just a business but a place where you know, a person could come in here and reflect on his life's work. And it's like a perpetual museum show. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we have clients come come in and, uh, you know, over the last few years, certainly since Hamilton's death and certainly since the release of his Shadow Man documentary, which won an award and it's on Amazon, etc., we've had we've been inundated. And in the last few weeks, it's even ramped up more because of the New York Times. There's also a gentleman that I've just interviewed who didn't put a name to his face. He, he was wearing a mask and he's been paying homage to Hamilton by replicating the shadow figures. What's your view on that? Because he said to me that he's had 80% people supporting him, but he's had also 20% people that are discouraging him or actually being quite personal, saying that he shouldn't be doing it. What, what's, what's, your, what's your view on that? Well, you know, like Cat Williams said, if you have 10 player haters today, you better work on getting 20 player haters by next year. You know, I think it's a sign that you're doing something. <clears throat> you're supposed to ruffle feathers, first of all. So that's no indicator of someone's doing something wrong. Somebody's always going to hate anybody that begins any type of enterprise. When I first met this gentleman... In New York, we were introduced as someone that was carrying on Hamilton's legacy. Of course, I had my doubts, you know, at first until I met and I started speaking with him. I said, oh, he's obsessed. I mean, it's an, it's an earnest venture for him. And I think the Times article pointed this out. If it also happened to come into league with uh, a means of uh, promoting Hamilton's work as well, I don't think that that was his original impetus in beginning that work. I think he's just an obsessed, it's almost like what, what they call it, fan fiction or something, you know. He, and also, I brought two people around that scene. One was 
Richard's bosom friend, Duncan, who lived with Richard. And another was Al Diaz, that was Basquiat's uh, partner in the same old graffiti and also a street artist. Who's been on my podcast as well. Great. So I, Al, Al's, Al, like myself, at first was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is kosher. And then he met the guy and he was like, yeah, okay. I mean, he's, he's one of us. He's, he's a nut. I mean, because mm-hmm. when you did street art, there was no guarantee that anybody would see you, know you, give you money give you a hug or a kiss, it was more likely the police would arrest you or you'd be, you know, your stuff would disappear the next day. Also, as far as an homage goes, when I started reflecting on it, I said, well, Richard's work was always very multifaceted. There's an art component and there's also a social commentary component. And I think that it's fair game to carry on the social commentary. And, you know, like Jay-Z said, the streets is watching. It's, you know, to have these shadowy figures out there on the street, it says something to the passersby, like, hey, mate, you might be going to buy a cashmere sweater, but out there somewhere there's some creepy guy watching everything that you do. And, you know, I think it was the conscience uh, or the the dark mind of a dangerous New York at that time. And I think that we're not any better for the fact that all the Hamiltons have disappeared off of the streets. And for somebody to put them back in place, even if they're not the exact hand of the artist, I welcome that. The um, Us as a a brand, as I mentioned on my podcast, and I've said this plenty of times to people, we are not from the art market. We found ourselves right place, right time. I got introduced to that Andy by complete chance. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit like the stars had aligned, certainly for me. I'm the founder of the brand. And, you know, I like to present. I like to sell. I like to do marketing. And the moment I found this narrative of Hamilton, it was so my calling. I, I mean, I knew straight away. It, it, there was like a central feeling I got which is this is where I'm meant to be Um, and it's weird because I'm a South London boy miles away from New York miles away from Canada where uh, Hamilton was was born but yet there was something that just the penny dropped with me and I feel that that happens to a lot of people when they come in because most of our clients at the start were what we call investors. You know, they cared about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But the moment they watched the Shadow Man documentary, the moment they come to our shows, the moment they got educated, in actual fact, they turned from investors to actually more collectors. Absolutely. And they started to really adore and admire and appreciate the different bodies of works by Hamilton. So I think I've asked you this on the podcast. What, what would you say is your kind of your more favorite uh, bodies of works by Hamilton? Oh, God. I mean, it's like saying, what's your favorite Miles Davis album? You know, I, I or like your favorite child. I like it all. Yeah, I like it all. And, and that experience that you're referring to, it, it's um, I think the spirit of Richard's work has chosen certain people to carry on his legacy. And at this point, it is through finding homes for these works and institutions. And I hope he'll forgive me for saying this. But when I met Andy, he was a bit more of a playboy. And he was doing art shows, but, you know, all the fashion models would show up. It was more of a a blast. And um, I remember that 
when he first saw Hamilton's work, it was like kind of a love at first sight experience. And something much more serious came out of Andy from that day, and he's become increasingly more involved with Hamilton's legacy ever since. And I think it's, uh, if Andy can be playful, I think this side of him is a much more serious, sophisticated side. And I think what you're referring to, whether you come from this part of town or that part of town, it's kind of irrelevant. I think that Hamilton's work speaks to us all. He's got, he's struck on some universal thing. I mean, we all have a shadow following us around. And I think the fact that that speaks to you and now you're, you've put it on a platform where you're making initiates of other people. I think that that's a, that's a beautiful work to be engaged in. So I had uh, Mr. Ken Moss. He's been here a few times. He's been on my podcast. He's mm-hmm. a big collector of Hamilton. He's got mm-hmm. some fabulous works. I've been really, really powerful. And some unique things. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got this gun, which was part of the mass murder scene, uh, mm-hmm. which he got uh, Hamilton gifted t- to him. He's got some incredible stories. And he said something which, which really made me feel good. He said... You know, there was a few brands in America, in New York, that he said used to lead the way for Hamilton. But he said, in his own words, that in actual fact, you are now the brand that is leading the pack. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to fish for compliments, but at the same time, it's nice to to get that validation. I mean, where do you see us in like the Hamilton market, Woodbury House? I would tend to agree, but it's not that I go around visiting uh, other platforms or other venues that do let's say similar work but now seeing you when you first started out as a fledgling company and now what you've blossomed into I can't imagine who's doing it any better than this so while all comparisons being odious let's say let's just say what you're doing is world class and I wouldn't say it if it weren't true it's just you know obvious that when you put this type of love and work into something that is going to impress even let's say a, a tough customer as myself that grew up around this work it, it's really you know you've put a lot of hard work into it and now it's paid off and I think that anybody that is in league with you is in very good hands we because uh, we're very open and honest and transparent about the fact that I'm not from the art market originally. I just found myself right place, right time. But just like all our investors stroke collectors, once you start learning about this genre, specifically Hamilton and the affiliates, you fall in love with it. I mean, it's physically impossible not to fall in love with this story. I mean, my dad is going to be in the audience tonight and he's a typical geezer, you know. You know, he's like double glazer, you know, rough around the edges and even him, he's actually acquired two pieces, which, which is amazing. It's like testament to the fact that even if you're not from the art market, but you come across this narrative, you, you can fall in love with it. Um, but the point I was trying to get to is unlike the gallery model, we never wanted to jump from one thing to the other. Richard Hamilton isn't the flavour of the month for us. This is our life. We've invested not only money into this market, but a lot of time and a lot of passion. And um, we want to keep on pushing the market, telling, telling the wider world and making sure that people don't, who don't know about Hamilton find out about him. Banks is a great artist. Um, he just had a record auction, 18.3 million, I think, at Sotheby's, which I was, which I was at, which is called Lovers in the Bin. Mm-hmm. We want to get Hamilton on the same 
line as 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 Banksy, and I think he can get there. Oh, easily. I mean, I think that whoever it's either whoever Banksy's working with, or whether it's his own ingenuity, but he's positioned himself very well vis-a-vis the art market. Maybe uh, similar in in a way to Damien Hirst, where he's navigated that realm uh, very. Um, intelligently on his own or with his camp. Whereas Richard Hamilton in his time did everything on earth to sabotage himself. It's almost a complete opposite. He wasn't jockeying for position in the art world. Maybe a bit in the 80s, let's say. You know, he was young and handsome and he he, he might have played the scene a bit. But the Hamilton that I knew personally was like, an art hermit and you almost had to force him to sell you something. Uh, so I think that's kind of an opposite um, paradigm to a Banksy or someone like that, who's really made himself kind of the darling of the art world and can't take anything away from a guy like that. Uh, Picasso was like that. Um, Warhol to a great extent was like that, but um, Hamilton was almost contrary to that. Like you could think like a Van Gogh, let's say. Van Gogh used to curse people out on the street. He, he was a madman. And, you know, Hamilton was a bit of a, he was a maverick. So if it weren't for like yourself and Andy and, you know, people who have been very careful in collecting his work and putting it in its proper um, place uh, culturally and also financially, uh, that work would never have gotten done. Because if Richard would have lived to be 200, he never would have gotten his shit together, so to speak. Mm. The main reason why we've got you over here, obviously we're going to be doing some other business as well, but the main reason tonight is, number one, to celebrate Richard's life. He Today is it marks the fourth year anniversary of his death. Right. But then also tonight we are at the Hamyard Hotel, which is a world-class hotel, mm-hmm. beautiful hotel. Mm-hmm. There's a 200-man cinema, which we've got 250 people coming to, so we're oversubscribed. We've literally got people who are going to be hanging off the ceilings. Only joking, but um, there is loads of people coming. Um, and they're there to watch the Shadow Man documentary. They're also to hear a conversation between you and I, a bit like this, mm-hmm. Q&A. Uh, we are uh, launching our first published book for Hamilton, and also a limited edition, which is a run of seventy-five. So the guests are going to be in for a real treat tonight because wow. there's quite a you know a few things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how excited are you about the, tonight's event? I mean, it's it's hard to get me, especially in these kind of post-COVID times. I haven't been traveling at all, and it's hard to get me out of Brooklyn. And I came here with bells on because I really am enthusiastic to join you in celebration of Richard Hamilton and obviously you've put this together in such a, a class manner that um you know I'm just I feel honored to be part of it I can't wait for the um for, for the conversation live because mm-hmm. um yeah there's going to be some pretty pretty significant people in the audience there's obviously collectors and investors and mm-hmm. I think I think this is the point like if you 
can't speak to Hamilton because clearly he's passed away. The next best thing is to speak to the people that used to work alongside him. Mm-hmm. I mean, your dad would have had some incredible stories. Yeah. You've obviously got some incredible stories. People have commented lots about our conversation on the podcast and other podcasts I've done with Out Diaz and Days and you know Crash and all the, all these other people. Mike Melbourne from Frank Chop Shop, but. To ask you directly is going to be a real treat for them and um, I, I think they're going to get a lot of value out of it. Yeah, Thank you for having me. No problem. Well, look, um, we've got a few hours until it all kicks off. So uh, this is only a brief conversation and um, I hope everyone's enjoying the conversations and the content and we're looking to uh, really do some great stuff next year. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Cool.